Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore, where our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Welcome back, podcast listeners. Andrew here. With me, as always, is our fearless leader, Dr. Tim Elmore. How are you today, Tim? Very well. It's good to be here. Indeed it is. And it's fun to be here, especially today, because we are not alone That's in right. the studio. We're not lonely. We are not lonely whatsoever. Um, joining us today is Cam Turner, research coordinator here at Growing Leaders. How are you today, Cam? Doing well, fellas. How are we doing? How are we doing? Doing good. Well, we're excited to have Cam here because... The subject we're getting into today is actually comes from Cam and the work that he's doing on our team. And so I'm really excited about this. But as we were talking about how to begin this conversation, Tim, a recent situation that happened to you sort of came to mind. That's a perfect illustration of why we need to be having conversations just like this. Yeah. Well, um, every employer and probably every educator would acknowledge that as Gen Z comes into the workplace or the classroom, they're coming in with probably a different attitude, yeah. perhaps, than other generations came into yep. work with. Yeah. So I was at an event, and I ended up talking to an employer and a teacher who both shared stories of um, something that happened recently that I think is a vivid illustration of why we need Cam out there doing research, yeah, yeah. gathering data. <laughs> so um, the teacher told me that she was handing out, getting ready to hand out an exam on a Friday uh, for her class to take, and she got a text message from one of her students just before class that said, and I quote, I'm not my best self today. I can't come in to take the exam. Mm. Can you tell me another day I can take it? And while we all understand, I have days I'm not my best self. Yeah. I don't know if I could have texted my teacher and said, choose another day when I'm feeling my best self. Yeah. And the teacher was very respectful, but she kind of smiled knowingly. I can't believe she had the guts to say that. Yeah, and it's especially challenging. You care about their mental health, Yeah, that's right? right. But they also live in a world where there are other people and schedules and all those things. Yeah, this is why I'm a fan of coping skills that often sounds, oh, you shouldn't need coping. Oh, no, no, we all need coping skills. Yeah. Life is hard sometimes. Yeah. Coping mechanisms are not so good. But mm. So then the employer told me at same conference, same event, said that he was having a lot of conversations about, quote, unquote, safety. But the definitions of that word were different across generations. Yeah. So often the adjective is added psychological safety. And I think most of us would say we want a workplace that's psychologically Absolutely, safe. Absolutely, yeah. But then if it's um, offering feedback to a fragile population of employees, yeah. that becomes very hard for an employer yeah. to feel like they've got the patience yep. and the and the money yeah. to invest in, come on, let's go, let's go. Quite quickly, the term safe becomes stuff I agree with, yeah, right? Yeah. Or things that I That's like right. to hear yeah. said to me. Yeah. And there's a real definition of psychological safety, and that isn't it. And yeah. sometimes it is most challenging in our communication, especially between generations, when we've accidentally landed on two different definitions yeah. of the same term. And that's one of those terms yeah. that often uh, gets described that way. Well, this is a perfect setup, I think, for the conversation that we're yeah. having today. Those are two very vivid, clear examples, and I'm sure every listener is sitting there thinking, this is exactly a scenario I have been in. It was this instead of that, but yeah. uh, very similar. Uh, I think leading across generations is hard, right? So yeah. uh, here at Growing Leaders, we have really dedicated ourselves. Really, I mean, it began near the beginning of you starting it, Tim, but I think especially that moment you decided to write Generation IY, your first yeah. kind of deep inset book on generations that we said, you know what? We believe 
uh, that success as a leader of the emerging generations comes down to how well we listen, how well we empathize, how well we understand. And so uh, kind of going off of that theme, that's really what we want to focus on today. So um, I mentioned Cam Turner is here with us. Uh, Cam is our research coordinator. He is also a brilliant leader. Oh. He's he's a member of the younger generation. I mean it when I say you it. Guys it's are not so just because there's a microphone. <laughs> um, he, Cam was actually, so he was a part of Gwinnett Student Leadership Team, Tim, that you were teaching to. Uh, and so Cam first started hearing you back middle school and yeah, high school. I was I an eighth grader. Yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> and then came and did an internship with us, yeah. and now he's on our staff full time. Well, an it's you an might honor point to have out him. He flunked out his first internship, so we had to do a second. <laughs> yeah, one. we had to. Yeah, he, did, he got a B plus on the on the second. <laughs> we just said kidding. you did just well enough. Yeah, to that's get right. Through. Now he is he is a brilliant leader who could have gone a lot of different places and decided to yeah. come here. So we're honored to have him. Um, I appreciate so, y'all. Yeah, honored to be here. Okay, so um, let's dig into some of these insights. Obviously, your conversations were much longer than the one we're about to have, but um, I know we're talking about five specific kind of um, topics or insights that you pulled from this. So take us into number one. Yeah, so number one is under that technology and social media umbrella. Um, So I want to ask you all the question first. um, What do you think is the most harmful social media platform for this next generation? Hmm. Wow, good question. Mm. I probably lean toward Instagram, but okay. that may be dated information. I mean, I've heard that, especially from females. Yeah. I just got to get off of this or right. it's I'm, it's making me anxious. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was certainly that research from yeah, Facebook yeah. that found how harmful it was. Yeah. I think just in terms of amount of time spent and amount mm-hmm. of distraction, mm-hmm. I would lean towards TikTok yeah, yeah. just because of how much time it's consuming. So yeah. that, that would be my guess. Bingo. Andrew's the winner here. Sorry, Tim. But I think it was TikTok from the students that I spoke with. So here's what some of them had to say. A high school senior who was 17 years old said this. TikTok feeds our short attention spans. I think everyone in our generation has ADHD. And I don't think it's because I think it's because these platforms cater to it. I didn't get social media until last year, but since getting TikTok and Instagram, so look, maybe Tim won a little bit there. He got <laughs> yeah, both of them is, on here. Um, my attention span has gone down because I noticed myself struggling to focus more in school now than I did a year ago without social media. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. that's not a clear from indication. From mouth. That's right. so interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So another quote that I've got from a, so that was a high school senior. Here's a college freshman. I think TikTok is scarier than Instagram because it is mostly catered to what you follow, whereas TikTok is all new stuff, and it can be addicting to see all this fresh stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And remember those short short attention spans. You know, these are short videos that you can just scroll and scroll, and it automatically scrolls for you. Yeah. Yeah. um, So it felt like Instagram, I had pre-selected content that felt like it was relevant to me, whereas TikTok is sort of leading me rather than me leading it. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I'd say overall, TikTok was probably what these students are saying is the most harmful due to yeah. the yeah. attention span and mm-hmm. how they're feeling it's distracting them away from what's important. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's actually funny. Uh, you know, Facebook isn't super popular. It's probably the least popular amongst yeah. this generation. So I did ask, you know, are any of them on Facebook? The answer was no. However, one college freshman did say that she will use Facebook to stalk people's parents. If there's a boy that she really has a crush on and he's not super active on social media, she'll go to her parents' Facebook page to see what he's up to. Makes Where sense. They are definitely talking Look, about him on there. They are resourceful, yeah. if nothing else. So, yeah. right, using your resources. Their hilarious. ability to navigate that world is quite hilarious to me. That so. is hilarious. Yeah. Any thoughts from you, Tim, as you hear some of that? Well, when 
Cam brought up the addictive nature of TikTok um, and other things in their life, I, yeah. I thought about what we've written and released about the dopamine yes. um, intoxication yep. that happens. We can actually control the amount of dopamine that's released in our system mm-hmm. because we can binge. And yep. binging is exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. So. yeah, It makes me think of something I did some research on when I was working on my book, Ready for Real Life. I talked about um, positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement Mm -hmm. as motivators to return to a behavior over and over again. Positive reinforcement is I showed up and I had a good time, so I want to come back. But negative reinforcement, which they say is way more powerful, is I showed up and I stopped having a bad time, right? Mm -hmm. So my mental health was down, but while I was on TikTok, I felt a lot better. Yeah. Um, then I'm going to return for that same kind of hit yeah. more or less. That's and it's, feeling. it's right. connected to dopamine for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I think that's it's that dopamine that sucks you in. You yeah. Know, one college freshman ended the, the conversation with TikTok is definitely the most dangerous social media app for a generation because it's so easy to get sucked in and it, it just destroys your attention span. And so then I asked, yeah. you know, so we all know, it seems like you all say that TikTok is bad. Is this going to stop you all from using this? Everyone said, nope, not at all, <laughs> not at all. So I guess since it's safe yeah. to say that social media is going to be sticking around. So here's my next question for y'all. What do you think is the most helpful social media platform for this next generation? Because hmm. they're going to be using then? it anyway. So. Sure. The one that comes to mind, I think my second choice might be YouTube, but I think my first one, I really like Be Real, and I like what they're trying hmm. to do with Be Real. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's yeah. the one that comes to mind. I also like what they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, I, now now we've realized we can game that too. You know, yeah, it's that's crazy. True. Uh, I would probably say YouTube because there can be learning yes. that happens, yeah. and it's actually that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah, but I want to go back real quick to to something that we said earlier. Um, are we not the, a, a generation? And by the way, I mean all age groups, but the time we're living in. Are yeah. we not a generation that we know better? Because data is everywhere. Right. Everybody, you know, oh, I know what the therapeutic term yeah. is for that. I've got, you know, this disorder. Yep. And I'm thinking we are a generation that knows better, but we still say, no, I'm going to stay on TikTok. Well, I think about, you know, I I don't want to date everyone here, but. <laughs> but you're <laughs> when, going to. When I, was, when I was growing up, you know, I didn't notice the the cancer warning sticker on smoking devices, right? But yep. yet people are still smoking. Yes. You know, they, they yeah. read the warning label and yeah. they're like, you know what? Whatever, I'm going to do it. And I feel like it's the same way. It's like, hey, we know that the more you use social media, the worse your mental health is going to be. The more lonely and isolated you're going to feel. The the higher potential for depression and and FOMO is going to happen. Yet, they continue to use it. We can't seem to stop smoking social media, Mm. you know? Come on now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It does feel that way, though. As long as I feel good in the moment, it really doesn't matter what I think long term. And, I I mean, Tim, you're the one I heard talk years ago about this. If you make short-term decisions— You're going to experience long-term challenges, or consequences. Consequences, yeah. yeah. Whereas if you do some short-term hard things right now, you're going to experience long-term benefits. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect example of that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So to answer the question, um, YouTube was definitely the most popular answer. Mm. Okay. Um, They love for positive things, right? For the most helpful. Uh, social media platforms. So it was things like Khan Academy that they're mm, using to, yeah. I remember using that in high school, you know, yeah. I, I hate math. I still do to this day. <laughs> Khan Academy taught me most of my math Isn't in high school, right? You know, it got you through that. Thank you, um, Sal. Yeah. Thank you, Sal. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, communication wise, however, a lot of the students were saying that Snapchat, because it's not focused on building that online mm, presence, it's yeah. rather focused on just connecting people. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was super interesting yeah, and super accurate as well. Um, 
another student said, a college freshman said, I think Snapchat is a great representation of this generation because you can reply when you want to, right? Mm -hmm. You can open Snapchat three hours later on your own time, Mm -hmm. um, whereas other social medias, it might be timely. Yeah, it feels like it's forced. Right, and you mentioned Be Real earlier. um, When I talked to these students uh, in in college, um, they were talking about how one time the Be Real went off in the middle of a football game. Mm. And it was like mass hysteria because everyone was trying to get their b-rail off at that one moment yep. and it just seemed like it was kind of anticlimactic of what b-rail yep. was trying to do which is keep you off of social media yet yeah, in yeah. that moment All it was all of a sudden everybody forgot where the they panic, were right yeah, you forget yeah. you were and you got to post this thing now yeah so i see the upside uh, and the yeah, downside of that. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. another trend that i noticed is that um amongst this generation they're using snapchat to text rather than the phone's built-in iMessage. One college freshman said, when I meet people in class, the main thing that they ask for is your Snapchat. And then the second thing they might ask for is your Instagram or your iMessage or your number. Um, For example, when I meet people in the dorms for the first time, we exchange Snapchats. It's for the RANs, which is Gen Z slang for randoms. So it's the people who I don't know yet, but yeah, we want to be connected. I don't trust them enough to give them my phone number. Yeah, exactly. But they're yeah. going to snatch at. Um, when I was speaking with high schoolers, one junior said, I don't think I have any of my friends' numbers. I just oh, have their wow. Snapchats. That's wow. really interesting. I couldn't call them even if I wanted to. Yeah, exactly. I well, don't know my friends' numbers, but I've got them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think back in my day, like I, you know, I still know my mom and dad's phone number in my yeah. head. And yeah. They, yeah. I don't know my brother's phone numbers, so I, I think that yeah. checks out because it's just a generational thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so so overall, I think YouTube was the top for its learning and wide range entertainment and the Snapchat for connecting people most helpful. So Okay. So um, I'm going to keep us going just because mm-hmm. I, yeah. don't, I don't want yeah. us to um, lose time. But we've talked about technology as a first insight. Cam, what else? What, what's the second thing? What else have you learned? Yeah. So this next set of questions um, was under kind of culture and society, mm-hmm. right? So um, – I did a kind of a rapid fire popcorn style question during these focus groups where I just wanted them to rattle off one word that they thought of right off their head. Um, The question I asked was, if you could describe the state of the world in one word, what would that word be? Hmm. Here were some of the responses. Sinful, greedy, corrupt, downhill. One middle schooler said, mostly blue. (laughs) That tells the story. (laughs) I was like, yeah. Yeah. I got the whole crowd laughing. Doomed, advancing, bored, tragic, divided, confused, indecisive, conflicted, bad, bogus, tumultuous, okay, scary, concerning, connected, misinformed. Mm. I think there are three positive words in there and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? What are y'all's initials of thoughts to those words? It didn't surprise me. Yeah. uh, Because even when we've talked to Gen Z uh, on a larger scale, we, we go, they're so aware. Mm. Number one, that the adults who are older than them can't seem to get along. Mm. Uh, number two, the adults running in November of 2024 are both about 80 years old. Yeah. You know? yeah. They're very aware. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Why will you not leave and let us mm-hmm. enter the leadership realm? Yeah. And whether listeners, you totally agree with that or not, I'm not even asking for that. I'm just saying, can you see how they would perceive mm-hmm. you won't go away? You won't get us ready. and. Yeah. Hand it off. Yeah. And it, I think the the reason and the background behind that, and Tim, when we were in the road in Houston um, earlier this month, I thought about uh, the idea of why there's the disconnect between generations, and yeah. especially this generation. Yeah. There's a feeling that because of how technologically advanced our now society is, that older generations can't possibly fathom what students are going through now. Yeah. Think about it. When you guys were in school, yeah. you didn't know about the war going on in Ukraine. 
in your classroom. You weren't yeah. pinged right away when there was another yeah, school right. shooting. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a text from a boyfriend that broke up with you in the middle of class that, mm-hmm. you know, sent your mind in a spiral. Yeah. And so yeah. there's a lot of different things because of these technological advances yeah. that have these students constantly being yeah. uh, stimulated in negative ways. Yeah. And, you know, they can't control that because they yeah. just have that phone that, yeah, you can put it on silent. Yeah, you can do do not disturb, but it's it's got to be there's got to be an answer to that, and I don't know what that is. I do believe the mobile device has shifted our expectations, and mm. that may be the cruelest thing that's happened. For instance, you're right. You could have it on silence or even turn it off or whatever. But isn't it true our expectations of instant information, yep. instant responses, yep. is now what we have inside? Yeah. When I was growing up as a teenager, I didn't expect an instant response. Right. You know, you. I'm just thinking about... It was I, like carrier pigeon or something, right? <laughs> hey, oh. Climbed off my dinosaur and I got the mail. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just thinking about sending off for a special prize from the cereal box in the morning. Yeah. Four to six weeks later, you know. Yeah. Oh, God, I got to wait four to six. Okay, yeah. I can do it. I can yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you would not expect to wait four to yeah. six weeks. Yeah. Amazon needs to have this tomorrow, yeah. if mean, not later today. Yeah. Just the other day, I got a, I applied for a new credit card. They approved it right away, and they sent me my number right away. It's like yeah. that instant gratification, yeah. I think, is, is yeah. so key. Yeah. The other thing here, I think, is that you know, with all of the, the negativity framed here, mm-hmm. Um, we all know that our world online tends to favor negative biased information over positive, or at least it's an emotion that gets shared more often. And so I wonder how much of their negative perception comes from being a part or taking taking part in a world where negative information seems to always be on Mm -hmm. top of positive information. And even if there was something good happening in the world around them, they'd have to spend a long time time going through a bunch of negative stuff to sort of yeah. uncover that positive stuff too. No doubt. But and I tell you what, I'm sorry, Cam, go ahead. I, I, that's been an age old principle. Yeah. Journalists will tell you what bleeds reads. Yeah. yeah. So put the negative stuff, right. you know, whatever. And uh, kids now, and well, we're all posting, it, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I've always heard like one negative <laughs> comment will stick with you long lasting. Yes. It five positive ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's so, so true. All right. So moving on so we can keep yeah, moving. Yeah, let's do it. Um, the next question we asked was also about culture and society. What do you think is the biggest problem that our world faces today? Mm-hmm. These answers I absolutely love, and I think our listeners will too. So a high school sophomore, 15 years old, said this. I think it's people's strong commitment to their opinions. To they their think, opinions. To their opinions. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They think because opinions with someone else don't coincide that this person is my enemy now. Yeah. And I can't trust them or anything. And really... It could just be a preference thing. Like you couldn't even decide on where to eat, right? That's what the student said. But it's just opinions, people's strong, unwavering commitment to their opinions. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. Do you mind if I make a comment? Go ahead, please. So uh, in my new kind of diversity book where I talk about managing different generations, I talk about how to employers now, many of these young job candidates will come in and they will be mixed up in their mind between preferences and demands. Right. Isn't it true? Mm. We share a preference like it's a demand. Yeah, you know, yeah. I demand, and really inside, the, I, I guess I could live with whatever. Yeah, but we don't know how to say that now. Right. Yeah, it's ought to be I'm outraged. Yeah. You know, and yeah. oh, sorry. You know, yeah. all so, or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the first one: strong commitment to opinions. The second one was from a high school senior, 18 years old. I think it's pride. Mm. Nobody wow. is humble enough to admit that they're wrong. Mm. Everyone believes that they're right, and they're not willing to think about the opposing viewpoint. 
everyone is so zoned in on their own thoughts. And I think it's part of the American political polarization. Yeah. You know, each party has its own thing. It's very polarized. Yeah. People who find themselves on one side are reluctant to even think about the other side. And this isn't just America, but it's it's really bad here. That's what yeah. that student had to Interesting. say. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. So we got commitment to strong opinions. We yeah. got pride. The third one, which I think a lot of students, and this is kind of to do with that social media trap that we were talking about, is comparison. Mm -hmm. It's from a high school senior. Yep. Comparison. I think it's why a lot of people are upset and unhappy. They're constantly comparing what they have to what others have. Yep. We talk about the comparison trap a lot with Instagram. Yes, we right? do. Yeah. Um, getting caught up, oh, this person's on a fabulous vacation and I'm sitting on my couch. Or, you know, but I think what we forget to realize is that that person chose to post this thing. And I think we see it as this is their life. But no, you saw what they chose, what they wanted you to see. Mm -hmm. And so That's I true. think we have to just make that connection. That's right. Last one from a junior. I think at least for the younger population, I'd say it's insecurity. Hmm. I think that social media makes that even more present. I think social media makes us compare very easy and it, it makes people not feel good enough. I think it causes people to say something on social media that they might not have normally done because they feel insecure mm. about themselves. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. Yeah, certainly those are things that we've been, um, we've thought that they mm -hmm. think, but it's so interesting to hear it from their own mouths to yeah. go, oh no, I think that's exactly what's happening, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just quite fascinating. Andrew and Kim, I think about a diagnosis that I've heard therapists talk about, and it's been for years now, but this illustrates it. High arrogance, low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I think it's sparked by social media. We've mm. got to come across like, I know what I'm talking about right. when we don't. Strongly held you, opinions. You want the likes. You want yeah. the That's retweets. Right. You want that instant gratification or instant approval. It's and so it, true. It's, but it's false. Yeah. You know? Well, on the inside, that arrogant facade com completely crumbles because mm. we know we really don't know what we're talking about. I right. don't have any supporting material yeah. or data. Yeah. So, But that seems like an oxymoronic thing. Yeah. High arrogant, low self-esteem. So it's the sense of identity that we need to, I believe, build a root system in our young people, yeah. whether we're teachers, coaches, youth workers, whatever, that it isn't low self-esteem. It's mm. a strong sense of identity. Then we may have to take a stand, yeah. but we may not have to take a stand on everything. Yeah. Right. I heard a thinker um, write a blog, and, and he said, uh, we live in an era of weakly formed, strongly held opinions. Yes. And I think that's so much so of what true. we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Right. I didn't spend a lot of time on this, but boy, I'd die on the hill for this thing. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's, I feel like, what these students are reacting yeah. to in a lot of ways. I love it. All right, um, next one. All right. So this third category was interpersonal relationships and interactions. Um, so the question was, how do you know when you can trust someone who is older than you? Okay. Um, which I think is super important as yeah. we, you know, we're trying to lead this next generation. So a 16 year old sophomore said this if they treat you like, you're their own age and don't look at me less just because I'm younger. Mm, that's good. Another sophomore said this, when they start giving you wisdom and truth and you use it in the real world and you see that it works, then you realize, okay, this person might know a little more than me and I can learn from them. Yeah. So they want to see the proof in the pudding first. Yeah, that's, right? that's, I can't blame them though. No, I can't either. Um, a senior agreed with student A. They said, when there's a sense of mutual respect between the adult and the kid, yeah. they aren't talking down on you, they aren't condescending, and when you allow me to come to my own rational decisions about my life while being a guide on the side. That's mm. something that we talk about yeah. a lot. And when so she said true. that, I was like, mm, that's brilliant. That's because you yeah. know, we, we don't want to be the sage on the stage, we want to be the guide on the side. Yep. Um, a junior said this, if they take time for you, even if they're really busy, but they still prioritize you. Mm. Yeah. And lastly, a sophomore said, when they come to you more than you come to them, 
if they're actively seeking out trying to help you. I love that. Interesting. Yeah. So it's the adult instead reaching their hand that's down right. rather yeah. than the student needing to reach their hand up. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think it's both. Yeah. I think that's that's Certainly. fair. But yeah. But when it's done with excellence, that's when that relationship has an opportunity to actually yeah. blossom. Exactly. All right, Cam, give us the final one. Last one. Here we go. So um, this is one that I think a lot of educators would love to know about. Um, this is a question that I actually loved. If you had to design the perfect teacher, professor, mm. what would that look like? What actions would they take? What things would they say that would make you feel most supported? Mm. A sophomore said this. I would say one that wouldn't allow the kids to give up, simply wouldn't allow them to give up, would mm. push me to try harder each and every day. I love so that. students want more. Um, a senior said this. If the teacher is understanding, I think we all have bad days and we're not robots. So we might come to school tired or we might forget to do our homework one day. But if it's not a habit and we don't make a pattern of it, just understand and we'll be better next time and give us some grace. Wow. That was insightful. Yeah, is, yeah. I know. I'm telling you, these kids were super wise. Um, a junior said this. I think, a, I think a teacher that pushes you and gives you grace and makes class fun and enjoyable, but also tries to make you your best. Mm. That's so that's, that sounds scenario. like outside of academics, you know, wants yeah. to have you grow as a human yeah. being, as an individual. And lastly, a junior said this, they have to be open to questions and allow that and also care about what they're teaching. Mm -hmm. I think that's, Love you know, it. I think we can all pinpoint a teacher who we knew actually loved what they were doing because yeah. you see that passion yeah. come through. Yeah. And it pushes through the biggest um, pushback that a student might give or the, all the reasons why you might not want to pay attention if, that's, if that teacher really loves what they do and loves right. the students yeah. that they're engaging with. I love the word grace showing mm -hmm. up here. Yeah. I love fun. Mm -hmm. um, we talk yeah. about that all the time, the importance of that. Understanding. Understanding, yeah. yeah. Man, that's good. Yeah. It is, yeah. I, I think of myself now as an adult leader, educator, coach, or whatever. I've just got to be patient. And I think I've got to remember how hard it was when I was growing up. Um, I remember talking to a, a minor league pitcher. We, we work with a number of pro teams. And he goes, I think my coach forgot how hard it is to play pro baseball. <laughs> and, you know, he was a good old boy, played back in the day when he was younger. Now he's 63. Yeah. Right. Now but, it's easy to blow the whistle and tell people to run. Right? And tell everybody <laughs> about the good – that's right. Good old days back when I threw nine miles – no, you didn't throw nine miles an hour, Bob. <laughs> You 74 miles an hour because that was the going rate back then. <laughs> but we do forget yeah. what it was like. And I need to, listeners, can I just encourage it? Moms, dads, teachers, coaches, let's remember it was hard back then. We all remembered it was the good old days. It wasn't. Yeah. And if we remember. It wasn't always good. That's right. Yeah. And we would give them a little grace. I think we're going to have a better product, product in the end. Yeah. Well, these are all super good insights, Cam. Thank you so much for sharing these of with course. us. Let's step aside for a quick minute because I'd like our listeners to hear um, about how they might be able to host their own focus groups at some point. And when we come back, um, Cam, I want you to wrap us up by sharing one final question that you'd like to ask. So we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. This is Cam from Growing Leaders. At GL, we believe the best way to know what students need is to give them a space to tell us, to hear their voice. This generation is full of thoughtful insights, creative ideas, and unique worldviews. And we love to gather these things in our focus groups. We utilize these quotes and insights gained through these focus groups to help leaders just like you become more understanding and empathetic towards students. If you're interested in having a member of our research team come to your campus and facilitate a focus group with your students, we would love to partner with you. To schedule your very own student focus group, simply email us at research at growingleaders.com.
Thank you, and we hope to see you soon. Okay, Cam, I want for you to close us out um, by giving us what is possibly the most sobering question that you ask, and I believe you do this at every one of the focus groups that you host. Uh, But give us that question and then talk about what are some insights that you've gained from asking it. Yeah, so I've done a few of these now um, all over the country, public schools, private schools, secular schools, non-secular schools, um, and I always get the same response. So here's the question that I ask. Do you have adults in your life that are investing in you? Hmm. The response I always get, silence. Hmm. Silence. If there is an answer, it might be a coach or a tennis player or a dance instructor, um, but it's never a teacher. It's never a parent. And so I, I think about you know, as, as educators and people who want the best for our students. Um, we have a lot of former educators in our office, and we talk about this a lot. The unfortunate truth and the unfortunate reality of today's world is that educators could really be the only bright spot in a lot of these students' lives. Mm-hmm. From poor home environments to mental health struggles, which we've talked about, to interpersonal drama that may be happening online each and every day in these students' lives, we don't know what's truly going on outside of the classroom and so as educators what can we do to be that one super bright spot mm. in the classroom in that students lives yeah. every day be the teacher that would allow your students to have a really fast answer to this question mm. yeah yes you know, that's right i'm that teacher that invests in my students so much so that they even notice you know yes, that's and that's right. quite a lot of investment i think that's right. to notice well cam that is such a good i think reminder for all of us Mm-hmm. about the impact that we have on the students that we're leading. We obviously sought out as we um, started on the journey of this podcast to find out more about them. But often when we seek out on a journey like that, we end up finding out a lot about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And I think so many probably of, of folks listening to this, it would be wise for them to ask the question, if my students were asked to tell who an adult is who is impacting their life in a positive way, would they think of me in that answer? Am I doing the kinds of things that would make them think of me Mm. when they got asked that question? What a great thing to sit down with and really think about. So, Cam, so appreciate your insights today, man. Thank Thank you for doing what you do. Of course. Love y'all. Tim, thank you so much for your insights as well. My pleasure. All right, folks. um, If you're looking for ways to develop and better even understand some of the students that you're leading today, I want to offer a couple of resources to you. Uh, First of all, if you're looking to develop students, we have an amazing program called Habitudes, which is going to help develop the desperate soft skills that today's students really, really need. If you want to find out more about Habitudes, specifically Habitudes for Growing Leaders, go on over to growingleaders.com slash S-E-L. If you're looking for more insights on understanding the emerging generations and how different generations interact with one another, Tim wrote a great book on this called A New Kind of Diversity. You can find A New Kind of Diversity at our online store at growingleaders.com store. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars wherever you are. We would greatly appreciate it. If you found this helpful and you thought of somebody who also might enjoy this, we would invite you to share it with a friend. We would appreciate that as well. If you want to connect with us online, we are at Tim Elmore and at Growing Leaders pretty much everywhere you are online. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, we love getting those. Just shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. Thank you guys both again for your insights. Thank you listeners for going on this journey with us and we'll see you next time.